This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk once again. It is Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. And, of course, we watched the news today. The big news today was the result of the Fed funds meeting, and it kind of came, you know, panned out like we all expected, right? A quarter-point drop. Everybody knew that was going to happen, but that isn't what everybody was looking for. Everybody was looking for what they were going to say, what was going to be the remarks after the quarter-point drop, and we'll get to that. We'll talk about that. I do appreciate you listening to the show, and I'm sure you're listening to it for the uh, unbiased guidance we provide, and we'll continue to do that. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me. And of course, I hope you'll call me as well. This is a call-in show. We talk about anything financial. So you bring me your financial questions, and we'll discuss it. And of course, you drive the show wherever direction you want it to go. Most people call up about stocks or want to know something about 401ks or IRAs or, you know, anything like that. We'll talk about anything at economics. I like to talk about economics. That's my forte. Justin's forte is more um, technical than mine. Uh, I used to be a big technical person, but uh, over the years, you, you, you kind of gravitate to what you like, and I like economics. So, we'll talk about anything you want to talk about as long as it's financial. Today, this hour, I'm going to do my best to move you along that path of financial freedom that we mention daily. We all want that as our goal. That's what we want. Freedom from worrying about paying our bills. Freedom from worrying about our retirement. It's the worry that we don't want. So we need that security. That security means having enough assets, whatever form they take, Rob, real property, producing income, stocks, dividends, bonds, whatever the assets, whatever its form it is, we're all looking for the same thing. And that's freedom from worry about the money. Doesn't mean you won't have problems. You know, having money does not solve problems, by the way. Having money solves, well, it does solve one problem, that's paying the bills. But it doesn't solve a lot of other problems, you know. you know. Um, and I'll tell you this, having money also produces different kinds of problems. Trust me, I know this for a fact. So, Today in this hour, we're going to try to help us move all, all of us move along that path to financial freedom. And to do that, you need to call. The number is 888-99-CHART. That is our live listener line number. We're live right now. We're live every day, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And of course, I want you to give me a call and ask all your financial questions. And I'll do my best. I will be returning to New York, as you know, next week, 7th and 8th. Uh, I'll be in the city, um, and I, both days are pretty full. Um, the Thursday is full, the 7th, 8th. I think it's pretty full. I don't know if I have one more slot open or not. But we'll be, I'll be sitting down with listeners, talking about your holdings and what you're doing, what you want to get to, where your financial freedom goal is. We'll discuss that and see if, uh, you, if my firm, KPP Financial, can be assistance in any way. You know, to get you to that financial freedom goal. Anyways, if you want to try to set up an appointment with me, all you have to do is 
call or go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com with two T's and send me an email. We'll, we'll, we'll get in touch and we'll set up a time. My main point, main talking point today gives all investors something to think about. A new bull market is underway. Is it? Is a new bull market underway? I can argue that it is. And that's what I'm going to argue. Because I argue enough on the negative side, you know, it's, it's never good to be strident. In other words, it's never good to say, I know the market's going to go down or I know the market's going to go up. No one knows that. So I'm going to give you some arguments about why, about why it could be we are now in a new bull market or at least another bull leg to a market that hasn't done much in close to a year. So let's talk about that. That's going to be our main talking point. Got others. Got to talk about the Fed cut, of course, today. We got to talk about that. And I want to talk about Tesla's Q3 profits. You know, they, you know, they surprised everybody with profits and everybody was all excited about it. Well, a couple of writers and myself, I looked at the 10Q. And those profits look kind of, well, we're going to talk about it, okay? ADP came out with their private sector jobs report, 125,000 jobs for October. I think that would be a good thing because we should talk about that. Remember, they're coming to the end of the month here. We only have one more day. And then we'll be getting our new jobs report, the official jobs report. So what does ADP say? And the best and worst candy for Halloween. The best and the worst. This is a survey of like 20,000, 30,000 people. The best and the worst candy for Halloween. And I'm going to tell you the the one they list as the two worst, first and second place, I kind of like them. I like this. So that'd be fine. We'll talk about that. The Dow was up 115 points, and NASDAQ was up 27, and the SP was up 10. So the SP is clearly broken out. We call a breakout. When we say that, a breakout is where the, the index or stock goes above its most recent high. Okay, so it's not a new high. That's a breakout. Now, the S&P did it yesterday, but it wasn't with much gusto. And even today is not with a lot of gusto, but it's clearly at a new high. But the Dow and the NASDAQ are not, but they're right there. They're right there. So we'll see if that happens. And that's what the market did today. So let's go ahead and start the show with taking our first call. It's from a listener line. 888-99-CHART is the number. And let's listen to the question. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Kevin in Seattle. I had a question about why we can't get in loans from these European countries that have negative interest rates with you know, the global economy that we have today. How is it that uh, they have gone to that, but anybody, you know, let's say in the U.S., can't get a loan, or, or can they, from somewhere over there for those really rock-bottom rates? Um, anyway, I'll do this on the podcast for the answer. Thank you. So you're asking why we can't get negative interest rate loans from uh, Germany, for say, you want German bank, uh, Bank of Germany? Why can't we get a, a mortgage rate of negative, you know, one tenth of one percent, whatever it is that 
Um, well, you can't because our they're not the the banks are not um, are not. If the bank was here in the United States, if it was a German bank here in the United States, they got to follow the United States rules and regulations, right? So our rules and regulations are a lot different, and. I don't see why we would never be able to to tap into that kind of negative interest rate or much lower rate, but uh, I just why would they want to do that? Think about it that way. Why would they offer negative interest rates when our rates are positive? Why why would they want to loan you a hundred thousand dollars at a negative rate when the rates the normal rates in the United States is positive still? They want to make profits. It's only negative because of what the government's doing there. It's not doing it here. Our government is pushing the rates down, but we're not negative. So it makes no sense for a German bank to to offer a loan here to you negative. So they wouldn't do it. But they could. I don't don't see why they couldn't. They just got to follow our rules and regulations. That's all. But why would they? They wouldn't because... Why would, you know, they, they don't even really want to do it in their own country, to be perfectly honest. They're kind of being forced. But interesting question. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary. At least I hope it's unbiased. I think it is. You never know what's built in bias, you know, you really don't. I always try to watch for that. This is, and of course, I do have that new offering, Invest Talk Academy. I'll have my class tomorrow uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to talk about how to pick long term long term stocks. How to pick, how do you recognize long term growth in its company, longevity? Anyways, we're going to talk about that tomorrow on investtalkacademy.com. You can sign up if you like. We're headed into the break, and I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. I appreciate it if you would call and ask any of financial questions you like. Okay, some benchmark numbers. Oil, $55 a barrel. Same as yesterday, by the way. Have you noticed it's been kind of boring? It's been low, but it's boring. You know, oil used to be exciting. The price movement of oil, you know why it's getting boring? Why it's boring? One of the reasons is we're producing enough here in the United States to keep it stable, whereas the we're not relying necessarily on foreign oil anymore. So what happens in the Middle East does not impact us as much. I think that's one of the reasons why it's boring. So if something bad happens on the Middle East, nah, oil just shrugs your shoulders. The investor, the investors, and because we don't use as much, nearly as much. We have 5.7 million barrels in storage. We're not using our demand for gasoline year over year has been falling. 
So it doesn't affect us as much. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's boring. Of course, oil is priced in world worldwide in dollars. So worldwide events will affect it. Don't don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying it's not nearly as investors do not freak out as nearly as they would normally of, of an event outside the country because we are so reliant on it when we're not so reliant on it anymore. I think that's a good thing. Uh, let's see, a two-year treasure is 1.62%, 10 years at 1.82, so it's slowly spreading, they, and we and we went over that you know, a little bit more detail yesterday, so that's a good thing. And gold, $14.93 an ounce, up slightly from yesterday. Did you notice that the dollar was down? Gold was up, dollar was down today. Because gold has been in, kind of in a downtrend the last couple of months. Whereas the dollar has been kind of strong, but recently, when I say recently, I'm talking about the last, this last month, month of October, has fallen sharply and it was down nicely today. So if dollar was falling sharply in the last month, generally gold goes up and it didn't. There's a little disconnect there. I do think we'll have another run uh, in gold this year sometime. Uh, so I'm not negative on it necessarily, but we'll see. Okay, economic activity in the U.S. grew at an annualized rate of 1.9%. That was the third quarter GDP. That was better than expected. Better. Down slightly from 2% in the second quarter. Down a tick. But it was better than expected. Why? So why was that? I'm going to go over that before the end of the day. Why was it better than expected? And let's see. According to the Commerce Department, better than expected data as a result of a continued consumer spending. That's why the consumer drove it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we present this program with five new shows every week, Monday through Friday, and is broadcast and streamed live at the 4 o'clock hour. Pacific time. And I hope you'll tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk. Justin Klein and I do our very best to give you interesting and instructive topics about the market, the economy, stocks, whatever. So give us a call and please listen to our podcast. Go to our podcast library. You can look at listen to other shows. And you can, you know, download us from iTunes, Spotify, and every place else. Our number is 888 99Chart. clock is ticking and serious investors living anywhere in the new york city area will have to act quickly if they want to sit down with steve peasley for his no-cost portfolio review consultations steve will be in new york for two days november 7th and 8th register now through investtalk.com i'll tell you what i really enjoy new york uh you know I started my career there many years ago, and I didn't enjoy it that much because it was so much work and so new to me, and I didn't have any money. I mean, I couldn't do anything. So now I I, I work. I'm going to be there next week. I was there a few weeks ago. Enjoyed it a lot. My wife really liked it, so kind of I'm kind of looking forward to going there next week. Let's go to Matthew in the Bronx. How you doing, Matthew? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Good. Thanks for calling. Here on the show. Well, appreciate that. Thank you. 
All right. So Go my ahead. question is in regards to Roth IRA. So I am fully aware, okay. um, depending on your age, if you, for the end of the year, you're able to put in $6,000 for the year. So if mm-hmm. I, I'm asking, if I have reached that limit now, right? I understand you get penalized for going over the limit within the year, but if, yes. uh, do capital gains also in count for that limit as well? Or say if I had the $6,000 now, I can still include capital gains or anything that, that's within the account and not get penalized for it for the 6000 You understand? That's correct. It's, it's the outside money you put into it. It has the limit. Whatever you grow in there, no limit whatsoever. Okay. All right. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's only what you 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 uh, put in as that applies a limit. And is it six thousand or sixty five hundred? I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it was sixty five hundred. And you know, um, there is the only limit you have is if you make too much money. There could be limits, you know, when I say too much, if you make like $250,000 and you're contributing to your 401k and you're adding to your Roth IRA, you may be subject to limits there. And I'm not an expert on that area, but I know that there's income issues if you make so much money and they, they, they limit you. But is that it, Matthew? No other? That, that was easy. Yes, it is. Appreciate the call. Thank you for the call, and I'll, I'll, I'll be there in New York. Uh, is it going to be cold next week? I need to know that. How cold will it be? I don't remember. Man, you know, it's that it's that good old New York brick city weather, you know? <laughs> it, it could be so, warm. Uh, it could be cold is what you're telling me. Okay. Yep. Okay, I appreciate it. I'll be brisk one way or another. Okay. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate it. My main talking point today gives all investors something to think about. Is a new bull market in underway? Is it? Have we seen? Are we in a new leg of the next bull market? Now, I want. I don't want to say the next bull market. It's a continuation of the old bull market, and that old bull market is getting very long in the tooth. Is it underway? That's going to be our main talking point. Is it? You know, and there are uh, experts who do think it is definitely underway. And they have specific reasons. And I told you that even at the beginning of the show that the S&P 500 has broken up to new highs. And that kind of, anytime that that happens with the indexes, that indicates a new bull market. But there's only one that's done that, and that's the S&P. The other two are very close, the other two main ones. But he's looking at different kinds of charts. For instance, one one of the, the article that I'm quoting that, argues this, which I kind of like this argument a lot. He says that, okay, you, if you measure, if you measure bottoms of different markets around the world and you measure a recovery from bottoms of 20% or more, historically, that means that they have bottom and they're on a new bull market leg. So he's saying, and he took 70 countries, by the way, to figure this, you know, it took 70 countries to take a look at this. And he says the majority of them have are, are off their bottoms by 20%, and therefore that might lead me the global equities around the world are on a new bull market. A new bull market. And then, of course, it includes us. That's what he's saying. Of course, we're not at we're we're not at a bottom, you know. But he's talking about twenty percent from a bottom. I'm saying, wait a minute, we're not twenty percent up from a bottom. 
because uh, the bottom was maybe December of last year. That was a 10% fall. Or, I don't think we're not 20% up from that. So that's what he's thinking, though. His thinking is it's it's recovering. He also argues that all the all the central banks, most of the central banks around the world, are QEing. QE. Our bank is too, even though they did say they're not. It it is, definitely it is. So he's saying that it's going to boost. Money supply around the world and the flood of money pushes stock prices up. And he's got a point. I think both I think both those points are very solid, to be honest. I think it's very possible that we're in a new bull lane. Now, the question is how long will it run? How strong will it be? And do the earnings justify it? Corporate earnings? We'll see. Okay. Facebook, I've got you ready for our, quick, our, our, our our trivia question before the break? We're talking about Facebook. Okay, Facebook. Approximately how many users does Facebook have today worldwide? And how much revenue did Facebook collect as measured for quarter two of 2019? How many, how many users do they have? The answer will probably be pretty impressive. I will give you that data when we get back. And now I'm taking your questions, investment questions at 888-99-CHART. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Okay, here's my answer to the trivia question. Way back when, in quarter three of 2008, Facebook had a total of only 100 million active users. 2008, that was right. Uh, that was, uh, you know, during the recession, right? By quarter three of 2012, the number of active Facebook users surpassed a billion, from 100 million to a billion in four years, making Facebook the first social network ever to do so. So how many users does Facebook have today worldwide? 
They have 2.4 billion monthly active users as of Q2, second quarter of 2019. Facebook is the biggest social network in the world. Think about that. 2.4 billion users. How many how many people live in the world? Six billion? Now, how about money? How about revenue? As of quarter two, 2019, Facebook took in $16.88 billion. That's only in one quarter, everybody. 16, almost $17 billion a quarter. And most of that revenue was from paid advertising. And finally, a geographic summary, from what part of the world does Facebook receive its most revenue? Number one, the U.S. and Canada. U.S. and Canada are counted together. Followed by Europe, then Asia Pacific, and then the rest of the world. In that order. Interesting, I thought. Interesting facts, factoids. So let's keep things moving along. The caller questions are always coming in. Uh, the, you know, This is on our listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, my name's Ilya. I'm out from Washington State, uh, 19 years old, just really been getting into investing maybe last year, and I'm looking at company Wayfair, stock symbol W. Currently, they're at 109.60, and they're up about $4 this week. And this month, they're down about 15%, which is roughly 20 bucks. So I'm just curious, what do you guys think? Is this a good investment? Is this a short-term bounce or something that will continue going up. Awesome. Thanks. Love the show. Looking forward to hearing it on the podcast. Bye. Okay. From Washington. I was born in Washington and I have at least 20 relatives up that way. Anyways, but I didn't grow up there. I grew up in San Diego. Um, my dad was in the Navy, so he was stationed in Washington and restationed in San Diego when I was five. Uh, Wayfair Inc., the symbol is W, provides furniture, home furnishings, decoration, goods, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. They have a website, uh, you know, different websites. Anyways, they are a $9 billion company, pretty decent-sized company. I mean, that's a big-cap company there. The thing I don't like is they continue to lose money. They lose money every year. They have lost money every year since 2012. They've lost money every year. They're going to lose $6.62 this year, and they're going to lose $6.14 next year per share. Why would why would the stock be $101? Because it's growing sales by 40% or more each quarter. So everybody's saying, well, they're eventually going to make some money. But boy, I, I would not own this stock. They haven't made money since 2012. They've lost money per share. How long do you wait until they make money? Yes, they're growing their sales. But when does that finally flip over? Remember, this is a furniture, home furnishing, decorating goods via Wayfair.com, Almondine.com, and other websites. So it's all in the net. It, okay, so, okay, I'm okay with that. Your growth is great, but you know, until you make profits, uh, you know, how do I evaluate this company? How do you know how much it's worth? And I really can't tell you. I don't think it's worth, um, I don't think it's worth $101 a share. I really don't. So, I wouldn't be a buyer of the stock. Now, I'll tell you this. I think it's probably going to bounce off around $85, somewhere around there. I don't think, because it looks like there's strong support down there. But as long as they lose money, I'm out of it. The cash flow is negative too. $2.42 a share. Uh, Not for me.
just not good enough. I'd probably get out. That's what I would do. If I owned it, I would I would never own it. So thank you for the question. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, the Fed cuts rates to 1.5 to 1.75, a quarter point. Um, do you know that there's, you know, there's like nine members that vote and there's 12 members altogether of the Federal Reserve Board, but only nine members that vote. And did you know that the last time they voted, there was like seven who wanted to lower the rates, five who didn't of the 12. I mean, there was not, it was not a consensus, probably this time either. Though they're not all agreeing on what they should be doing. So I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, you know, and since they, did you see what he said after he lowered the rates that he kind of was neutral on going forward to any more lowering rates? Now, my personal feeling is, yeah, they're going to lower at least one more time. That's my personal feeling. Why do I say that? Um, I based it on history. Not necessarily what's going on today, but history has shown that the Fed almost always lowers or increases rates four times in a row before they change a direction again. And they've only done three. That doesn't mean they're going to do it again this year. I have a feeling they may not lower it again this year. But I think that's important. Also, I want to talk about Tesla's third quarter earnings. Remember the stock popped up uh, from that earnings because it was a surprise, big surprise, that they actually made money that quarter. Sales were a little weak, but not but strong enough to give people, you know, investors and traders and researchers and all those pundits out there uh, a good feeling. But if you looked at Tesla's numbers and you dug into them, you find that the reason why they made money, that's what surprised people, is because not because they sold more cars, it's because they fiddled with the darn books. A large part of the profits were from warranty accounting and warranties. You know the warranties are issue? So they changed those warranties so they, they, they accounted for them differently, which means they kept more money in their pocket. And they renegotiated the agreement with Panasonic about batteries. So that changed the books too. So those two things actually are what drove the profits. Not necessarily internal growth of sales and the profits were made by the sale of the vehicles. I find that very interesting and kind of misleading by Tesla. Kind of, don't you think? I also noticed that since they came out with those good earnings and news, the stock has fallen three dates in a row. Okay. I think that's interesting, too. Let's go to Brian in Redwood City. How are you doing, Brian? Hey, Steve, I'm doing well. I uh, have another falling knife for you to look at today. Okay. That would be a Viacom B, V-I-A-B, ticker symbol. I'd like your take on that. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, Viacom, holding company engaged in the cable, television, film, entertainment, production, and distribution, and music publishing. So they're, you know, it's a big company. Uh, it's 8.5 billion. So it's big, but it's not a mega cap or anything like that. 
Um, it's just at the edge of being a large cap. or else, Actually, some people might consider it mid-cap, but a large mid-cap. They make money. They've made money for years now. <laughs> now, they're going to make $4.20 next year after making $4.02 this year. They made $4.12 last year, so a little dip this year. They are $21 stock. So that tells you that the P-E ratio is really low, right? Five. 5 PE. And the the uh, five-year range is 5 to 14, so it's at the very low of its range, and the stock has fallen hard from $31 or so a few months ago to $21 now, $21.23. So you have to ask yourself, well, why is that happening? What is the cause of that fall? I note they have a, quite a bit of debt, you know, uh, return on equity is very good at 25%, and that debt might be overhanging them, but there's probably, I think it has more to do with the competition with the Disney and AT&T, and, you know, they're coming out with their online uh, digital stuff to compete with Netflix, and so the question is, is what is Viacom doing to stay up with competition? You know, that's probably what the overhang is. They have a very good value. They're going to make very good money. And I think that, you know, I kind of like it, Brian, when it starts to bounce up. Not yet. You need to see some strength in here because the value is there. The value. Growth is kind of flat. You know, it's up 4% in the most recent quarter. But before that, it was down like 6%. quarter before that, was up 1%, then up 5%, down, down 4%. You know, so the growth is kind of flat. And no one likes that. That pays a nice dividend of 3.8%. And earnings are pretty solid. They're not going down, but they're not going up either. So it's a value play, and I think it's a valid value play. But I think you want to wait to see some strength come into it before you decide to buy it. Okay, Brian? Appreciate the call. Thank you. No no problem. I do like it. I, you know, I like it when something this cheap, but I also think they need some kind of catalyst. They really do. They got to compete. Remember who they're competing with. I'm C. Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. As you make your investment choices, there will always be a bit of fear, right? You know, and knowing your fear is always the problem. What the perception of risk is how you are driven with fear or greed. Remember, there's only those two emotions in the market, fear and greed, fear and greed. And so you have to know what your personal fear is and know when you're greedy. When do you get overly greedy? Because that that will help you with making solid decisions in the stock market. So how do you measure fear? Well, we have a method to do that called uh, called, uh, Riskalyze, which is a little questionnaire. It's on our website. Go to investtalk.com. It's a free online tool. You just answer the few questions and a score your risk score, 0 to 100. 80 is the risk of the S&P 500. That comes to me, and I respond. And, you know, we can start a conversation if you want to, but I'll give you the information of what your fear gauge is telling you, what the Riskalyze questionnaire is to actually telling you, okay? So you can gauge your own personal risk tolerance. 888-99-CHART. To do that, you go to investtalk.com, everybody. 888-992-4278. This is Talk. Here's good news for listeners in the New York area. Steve Peasley is making appointments for his in-person and no-cost portfolio review consultations. 
Steve will be in New York City on Thursday, November 7th and Friday, November 8th. That's right. Due to strong demand, Steve has added a second date in New York. Is your portfolio performing at its full potential? Steve can show you how to get it optimized. For best times, register now and learn more at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Anytime listener lines are open, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. It's Joseph from Kentucky. Love the show. Love the great information that you give. Just wanted to just double check. On October 25th, Steve mentioned maybe a million dollars. You could live like a king outside the country. I've always been intrigued with the Philippines, for example, living in my retirement years, which obviously I probably won't retire for 25 years. But ultimately, the way investing is, maybe sooner, hopefully. But I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on maybe the top three or four countries that you foresee the best places to retire in, quality of life, healthcare, uh, other factors that will be a positive. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. Well, I had a client who retired to the Philippines, and he didn't have a lot of money. He had Social Security, and he had you know a decent-sized portfolio, not a quite not a million dollars. And he says that he will have you know he'll live like a king in the Philippines. Now there are different. It, it depends on you. Do you want to live in an island community? Do you want to live in? Uh, for instance, Chile has a very good Chile. Chile has a very good modern economy, very good health care. So it depends. Do you want the Chilean? Chile runs from you know, the north north part of uh, South America all the way down to the tip. So you can get any kind of weather you want. But Belize, if you want weather, Panama, there's, they, everything is in, in their language is English. And see, it depends on what you want. There's lots of places. You know, if you send me an email and I give me some criteria, because I've read so many articles about this, I can help you with that. There's places like in Europe that are very inexpensive, and this would be in the Eastern Bloc countries, not the Western countries, but the Eastern Bloc countries that have that that there's places that will pay you to move there. Believe it or not, even Italy. I read an article the other day. It was kind of interesting. The little town, little those little hill fortresses. Have you ever been to Italy? Little, they're they're trying to attract new people to them. They're very historic and everything, and they were willing to pay people to move into their city. Well, it's a little city of seven thousand people. I mean, it's that small. But but you know, it depends on what your desires are. So appreciate that call. That's interesting. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, as you know, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. That's the goal. And, of course, we're going to continue that goal, the work, to get there. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they implement a very practical investing philosophy independent thinking, shared success. This means KPP guidance is not influenced by promotions or sales incentives and KPP principles practice parallel investing. 
so their money participates with Klein Investments at equal prices and percentages, thereby producing shared success. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. And now Steve is here taking your calls, so step up with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Jerry in Palo Alto, California. How you doing, Jerry? Good, Steve. How are you? I am good, and I do appreciate you making the call. I really do. Thank you. Always love calling it. Hey, has Boeing shook out all the bad news, or is I think so. I, I really do. I, I think everybody knows, everybody's blamed Boeing for that, and of course they could probably get deserve the blame, but everybody knows, and they, you know, I think that, I think it's all built in. I, I can't see, <clears throat> I can't see any more bad news coming out of it. We know how many people died. We know how much it's costing them to take those jets off the, you know, off uh, out of service. Uh, you know, so that you know how much it's going to cost them to pay for the the damages they've done. And so this year they're they're going to make a dollar fifty eight. Now that means they made sixteen dollars a share last year. This year it's going to dollar fifty eight because they had to pay for all this. Next year they're going to make twenty one dollars. So it, I, I think that this is, uh, I think that they're as low as they're going to go, my personal opinion. And sales look really bad the last quarter and a quarter before that because of the max eight. So I, I think this is, a, this is, I think the bad news is built into the price. I, I think it's done. Now it's a question of whether you want to own Boeing or not. At $21, it's a $346 stock. I mean, that's what, a 15 PE? Well, their five year average is 14 to 92. So, you know, they pay a 2.4% dividend. They have a 940% return on equity. Huge number. Uh, so, yeah, Jerry, I think it's. I think this. I think all the bad news is built into the price. Yes, appreciate the call. Thank you, Boeing. To everybody, the symbol is B A B A. Okay, ADP came out with their. Um, uh, their uh, employment numbers: 125,000 new employees for October. And this is a private sector. They, they, that's private sector jobs are counting. Uh, I broke down the numbers: forty-four thousand for large, uh, large businesses; sixty-four thousand for mid-sized businesses; and seventeen thousand for small businesses. And the weakest part of the report of the jobs was in the manufacturing sector, which was pretty predictable. They lost thirteen thousand jobs. Service sectors where most of the jobs were added. I thought that was an interesting number. The official number will come out next week from the government. Uh, reason why I wanted to bring it up is because that was more than last month, more than August. I mean uh, September. Okay, best and worst candy for Halloween. I knew you're I all were waiting for this right for the end of the show. Best and worst candy. Now this is a survey of twenty or thirty thousand people. It's a lot of number. A lot of people. The worst candy, number one worst candy, candy corn. I kind of like candy corn. It's not my favorite, but I kind of like it. Second worst is those citrus peanuts, the marshmallow marshmallow kind of thing that's kind of yellow and tastes like banana flavored a little bit. I kind of like those too. I don't have them, but I kind of like those. Third one, peanut butter kisses. Hmm. I don't think I've ever had one of those. Okay, what's the best? Number one, Skittles. Skittles? I don't like Skittles at all. People, that's made a number one? Skittles? 
Number two, I can tolerate. I like it much better, in other words. Reese's Pieces. I, I do like those Reese's Pieces, unless if I am. And then number three is M&M's. That was the worst and best. So, Skittles was a surprise to me on the best. Uh, and Candy Corn was surprised me on the worst. I didn't expect that. So, nothing to do with making money, though, huh? But it is Halloween tomorrow, everybody. It's Halloween tomorrow. Come on. And I don't know about you, but I went to, I've been going to the stores, Costco. You, they had Christmas presents out weeks ago, but the, I went there last weekend and it seems like a third of the store was Christmas presents. It's not even Halloween yet. It seemed to be a little soon. <laughs> Anyways. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. I will return on Friday with the highlights of the KPP Premium Newsletter that I send out every week. Justin Klein will be here tomorrow, everybody. And please tell your friends and family and anybody else who has money that they want to talk about, that they need to preserve and grow about our show. I appreciate that. And get them to, uh, you know, you can download it. Spotify, iTunes, Google Google Play, and, and or InvestTalk.com. Download the show podcast have a great night and remember this is the world series last game go houston only because i have relatives there night everybody because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.